You are listening to True Story, a night of true tales told to friends. If you are interested in hosting a True Story party of your own, check out truestorytime.org slash join. This story was recorded live at a True Story party in the San Francisco Bay Area, where the theme was In or Out. I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was kind of a scrawny kid. I was really shy, really inward. I had a tough time of it socially. I was kind of like an easy target for bullies. And so even though the school I'd gone to actually went all the way to eighth grade, my parents took me out and put me in a new school for for sixth grade. So I was transitioning to a new environment. I could reinvent myself. I could think of a new person to be. And this school went from elementary school all the way to middle school, all the way to high school. The only thing is this new school was 45 minutes away up north. So I'd take a bus at 6 a.m. every morning, which I was not naturally inclined to get up at. It was a new, very different environment. It was in the very wealthy suburb of Fox Chapel, which just sounds wealthy. The, the school itself was called an academy. The middle school, which had been kind of grown out of the success of the high school, was basically just a giant mansion that they bought one golf course away <laughs> that was this former Steel Baron era giant mansion that had like a grand curving staircase and just looked like Hogwarts and it was just filled with dark woods and it was this really, really new sort of environment to me and, and I hadn't really experienced that before so it was, it was very different. But despite the long bus ride and despite the early wake-up call, I was okay with it because one stop before me on the bus ride, a girl named Liza got on. She was also new to the academy because she just moved from England, so she had a British accent, which I, which I liked even as a sixth grader, and she had this kind of long blonde hair. She was really pretty, really shy as well, and because we'd have 45 minutes to school and 45 minutes back from school every day, we got to know one another, we play cards every day, we play um, capitalism, or what other people would call asshole, <laughs> you know, if you know that card game. And, and I, I really, really got a crush on Liza. I really like Liza a lot. Alongside the bus ride, though, there was also new things that I had to think about. One of the new things that was a product of the school was that you had to play a sport. So after school, every day, classes would end, you would have to play a sport. You have to be signed up for some sport. Uh, it was fall, and so I could play soccer, and I was really good at soccer, and I liked soccer a lot, and it was like one of the few physical, social things that I felt really natural at, and it felt very fun, and I could really lose myself in. So I'd play soccer. We would basically get bussed from this old Steel Baron mansion of Hogwarts over to the high school and go down all the way down to the soccer fields and play soccer. The thing is, we'd have to change, because this was at school, and we'd go straight from classes to this high school, we'd have to change in locker rooms. And one of the new social norms that I hadn't caught on to was that everyone was wearing boxers. And I was not. And it was very, very embarrassing briefly, but, but I, I figured out that uh, if, if I would like, just show up a little late, just need to go use the bathroom stall for a little bit, or pretend that I had some important business to take care of in some isolated part of the locker room, and then come back having changed that no one would really ask me questions and I would never have to be shown in front of all my classmates as wearing tidy whities which is like the worst rhyming phrase in the English language. 
like Shakespeare could not think of a worse rhyming couplet, a more terrifying pair of words in my mind at the time, because I thought I'm in this new environment, I could start off on the right foot, or I could just suddenly become the guy who wore tidy whities and who everyone knew wore tidy whities And so I would do this little like locker room trickery to get around it. I, I knew it was untenable, though. I knew that eventually I would be found out or just like have to transition into boxers. There was no scenario where I was going to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... You know, I imagine that eventually, like, all right, I'm going to be in boxers. Why don't I transition now? I have to transition now. I tried boxers. I tried wearing boxers for a little while. I'd always kind of seen it as like an image thing. Like it never really made sense to me outside of an image thing. Like you just like the way a red chili pepper print worked or something, <laughs> or that Big Dog was a good brand or something. I, I never totally understood it. It just seemed like it, it seemed like it was image over comfort. Boxers to me were made of some material that was a cross between paper and sailboat canvas. It, was, it did not seem like something that you would willingly go to unless there was some social pressure. But one night later on, I was I was sitting around, uh, sitting around my house, and I was wearing these plaid shorts, and I kind of thought to myself, "Wait, these kind of look like boxers. This is these are more or less boxers. These plaid shorts that I'm wearing, they go down to my knees, but." Uh, <laughs> They kind of look like boxers. Why don't I try that out for a little while? So I would wear these shorts that looked enough like boxers, and they were made by the company Joe Boxer. So clearly, they're boxers, right? They were, they were ludicrously large, though, for boxers. And, and so I'd wear these underneath my uniform and over my tidy whities <laughs> And so some, some days I would like really push myself and be like, all right, just wearing the shorts today. Really gonna commit, really gonna get used to it. <laughs> Gotta train hard. And then some days, it would make sense for me to prioritize comfort. Uh, and so I would not go with the shorts at all, I would just stick with the traditional tighty-whities. And one of those days was the day that the boys' soccer team was gonna play the girls' soccer team. And I thought, all right, I know Liza's on the girls' soccer team. I have to impress Liza with my soccer playing abilities. And so to do that, I will have to emphasize comfort today. <laughs> Just tw tidy whities I played soccer, did very well. I had this awesome little juggling move where I hit the ball three or four times in the air, kicked it downfield, right in front of Liza, felt super cool. <laughs> so I was very proud of myself for that. Midway through the game, we heard that there was a thunderstorm coming, so we all got like ushered in by both coaches to start walking back up to the building because it was quite a hike. And on the way back, we were walking past the track with a group of boys from the boys' team, some teammates of mine, and a group of girls from the girls' team, including Liza, and my friend Mark decides to pants me. <laughs> Which, if you're unfamiliar with the term, pants, as a verb, it does not mean to offer pants to. It means to pull down your shorts. So in front of everyone, uh, my friend Mark pantsed me, and I was really embarrassed, and I immediately like, pulled him up and was 
just mortified. I felt like I'd, I'd been like found out if I was a spy. So it'd be like calling headquarters and assuming that someone was coming to assassinate me at any moment. But because it was a thunderstorm, we'd been called into the building and the buses hadn't, hadn't arrived yet to take us the 45 minutes all the way back down to downtown Pittsburgh. So we were sitting around in the coach's lounge, all crammed in there. And I was giving Mark this death stare, just like, you betrayed me and you betrayed everything I'd worked so hard for. <laughs> And like, he must feel the gravity of this moment. And slowly, as I was giving him this death stare, as it went on minute by minute, I was starting to feel like, is this silly? Am I being kind of silly about this? Because he seems like to not understand at all why I'm, I'm giving him this like full on death stare. And the bus has arrived. You know, we, we kind of line up in the, in the hallway and I try and sidle up next to Mark and asked him about this, and, and even though I'd like been revealed to be a tidy whiteies wearing individual, <laughs> he, he, he didn't really give it a second thought. It wasn't a thing to him. And I thought like, well, well maybe all this stuff that I'd been worried about, all these ways of defining someone in these very narrow terms, these very socially explicit lines that you can't cross or can't be on one side of, maybe it's all just kind of artificial. Maybe it's something that I'm impressing on myself and if I feel so socially constricted internally, then I'm not really able to be open with people. And like maybe being open with people and being open about how you feel and open about how you act and who you are is really the only secret you need to feeling accepted and feeling a part of the community that you're in. Uh, and so I, I board the bus. I, I see Liza back of the bus. I walk all the way down. I smile at her and she smiles back at me. And we play cards. And that's it. You've been listening to True Story. Our theme music is from Daniel Steinbach's album, The Blade. To comment on this podcast, or to listen to any of our previous stories, you can find us in iTunes or at truestorytime.org. Everyone, I hardly know you. But when something comes and grabs a hold Take the hands that open up A life that's led is something gold I've been alone I've been